We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? You know there's that famous chef Marco Pierre White? Yeah. Right. If you didn't know he was batshit crazy already, yeah. he did this show a while back where he was like traveling the UK mm. and he's with a pig farmer and they're just talking about the characteristics of the pigs and whatever makes them tasty or whatever. Yeah. Halfway through this chat, he just turns to the farmer and goes, um, do you ever sit on one and ride it like a horse? <laughs> Completely serious. Like not doing it as a joke. You generally want to know if you can ride a pig. I probably would have asked a similar question. Well, you probably could ride a pig because you're dangerously light. I am slight. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to ride a pig. Could we race? I don't think I could ride a pig. I think I might have to construct like a chariot pulled by six pigs. <laughs> like huskies. Yeah, but pigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go! Go! Come on, trotters! Get on, trotters! <laughs> that would be amazing. Being pulled down Royal Parade in Plymouth by six pigs <laughs> coming alongside one of the boy racers and being like you want to go you want to go but every time he does that thing yeah. with his gearbox the pigs would freak out they'd take off wouldn't they or like my version of that would just be like grabbing one of the pig's tails and giving it a yank <laughs> yeah or two two can play at that game sunshine <laughs> <laughs> I think that would immediately make you king of Plymouth. I'm sure there is a bylaw, isn't there, yeah. that says if you if you can do a sweet donut around the um, NatWest roundabout yeah. in a in a <laughs> carriage pulled by pigs, yeah. you become the king of Plymouth. Uh, excuse me, mate. You splashed water on me when you was drying your hands. No, I'm talking to you, mate. My shirt's all wet now. Leave it, Wayne. It's not worth it, mate. No. This is a Louis Vuitton shirt, Matthew. It's not meant to get wet, is it? Yeah, but he's one of them triads, isn't he? I don't think you can call him that. It's a crime syndicate, Wayne. Do I care about that, Matthew? No. I'm one of the top five hardest men in Plymouth, mate. You can't just go around splashing water on me. So what are you going to do? I'm going to teach him a lesson by sparking him out. You're going to stand there stirring, mate, or are you going to... Your nose is bleeding, Wayne. He, he just caught me off guard, didn't he? He's a dirty fighter. He's a dirty fighter. Come on, then. Oh, you completely ruined your shirt now. I'll go and get you some toilet roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Watching Films on the Toilet. The podcast that a lot of people are saying is the best podcast there's ever been. A lot of people are saying that. A lot of good people on both sides are saying that this is the best toilet-based film review show there's ever been. So <sighs> this is Watching Films on the Toilet with Ben Randall yep. and Eamon Randall. Oh yeah, those are our surnames. But we're not brothers. Not brothers, we're just both called Randall. I feel, again, that we might have missed an opportunity here. Mm -hmm. 
Our podcast could have been called The Two Randalls. Well, you wanted to call it Randalls Toilet A Go-Go. I did. And I was just like, that's a stupid name. We shouldn't call it that. It's an amazing name. Actually, in in retrospect, it's much better than what we went with. It's Randalls Toilet A (laughs) Go-Go. It would have been brilliant. God, it scans really well. Yeah, I know. Got rhythm. I'll send it to Joe. You can put it together. Ah, genius Joe. I'll send it to Joe. So we are middle-aged men and we have wives and young children yep so the films we like watching which are usually violent can't watch them with our kids and our wives don't like them so the only time we have any time to ourselves is in the blooming toilet yep so Eamon today we are discussing the 2018 Indonesian action I would say slash Mm. horror film The Night Comes For Us directed by Timo Kayanto I think that's how you pronounce it, but I might be wrong. And Timo, if you're listening, feel free to correct me. Starring Joe Taslim and Iko Uais. And it's really brutal. Yes. And uh, that's the reason I wanted you to watch it, because I mm-hmm. watched it, very much okay. enjoyed it. And I thought, I want to see what Eamon oh, thinks I've got of some this. opinions. Don't so you worry I, about that. I forced it on your face. You certainly did. I, th- I have to say that, that I can't imagine me watching that uh, without you having asked me I to. I take that as a compliment. Well, I mean, I watched The Raid, which I know is maybe your favourite film, and, yep. and I think it's amazing. Yep. But I don't think I'm in that, that headspace where I'm so into it that I try sort of things that are closely related to it. I just yeah. enjoy that film by itself, so I wouldn't have seen this film otherwise. Well, let's see if you are thanking me for that, or mm-hmm. secretly quite cross. Okay. But first, got some correspondence, Ben. Oh, have we? Yeah. Has someone written to us? We've got quite a short letter. Okay. Mm. So I'll just, just read it out to you. From the law offices of, of O'Malley, Carter and Curry. Dear oh. sir, please cease and desist all further communication with our client. <laughs> Any subsequent contact with our client will be deemed an overt threat and we will not hesitate to prosecute you within the full power of the law. Oh. Regards, Angela O'Malley, senior partner. What? Yeah. So um, that sounds really serious, Eamon. Pretty serious. So, I mean, there, there is a backstory to this. Um, okay. I'd sent a letter to someone, unbeknownst to you. It's pretty easy if I just read, read the letter that I sent. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. So, dear James Cameron. Oh, no. I'm writing to you in the hope of giving our once promising relationship another chance. Yeah. I know we got off on the wrong foot when I claimed that you would definitely murder one of your nephews. <laughs> and that the brutal homicide was basically just a matter of time. (laughs) I know this upset you and caused you a great deal of distress. I'm contacting you without the knowledge of Ben, who is heartbroken about all of this, and I'm hoping that we can begin the process of reconciliation. All I'm asking you to do is to meet me halfway. I'm willing to back down from my claim that you're definitely going to kill a niece or nephew if you at least admit that it's something you often think about doing and that you would... (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you wrote this behind my back, Amy. All I am asking you to do is to meet me halfway. I'm willing to back down from my claim that you're definitely going to kill a niece or nephew if you at least admit that it's something you often think about doing and you probably would kill them if you knew you could get away with it. You don't even need to say that. Just that one day you might kill a member of your extended family, not necessarily a niece or nephew, and that you'll limit limit your murdering to just one person... (laughs) (laughs) despite your insatiable bloodlust. I think that this offer is more than fair. As I see it, I'm conceding way more ground than you, 
And if you were to be honest, I think we all know you're this close to seeing this grisly act through. I look forward to your reply and entering both a working and personal relationship that is truly rewarding and collaborative, <laughs> although I won't go as far as helping you kill your nephew. Lol. Lots of love, wow. Eamon. Did you attach a picture of yourself doing the this close thing yeah, with your fingers? I did, yeah. Oh, good. Because <laughs> otherwise you might not have known. I'd hope that when I say this close, he would know that I mean, I think he's incredibly close to killing someone. Mm, well, yeah, I mean, this is... Do you see what I mean, Ben? Like, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm going out on a limb here. <laughs> extended the olive branch and and all i get is thrown back in my face it's one of those things where if you show me that letter Mm. before you sent it might have made a few changes well i just thought it'd be a lovely surprise and i was really really proud that i was gonna Mm. organize this this reconciliation and you'd be like so happy about it i wanted to be a nice surprise it was a surprise i just feel like your idea of compromise is maybe still slightly unbalanced Mm. if that isn't compromised i don't know what is i went from saying (laughs) you're definitely going to kill a nephew or niece to you might kill someone in your family and if you do it'll only be one i mean how is that not like (laughs) any lawyer in the world would say that's that is a good any lawyer rudy giuliani would say that's a good compromise i mean he might i I mean i sent the draft to him for for a quick (laughs) once over and he said that was fine. He said, Eamon, this is the greatest piece of, write- of, of writing I've ever seen. You don't even need a lawyer. Maybe next time, don't mm. run it by Rudy. Okay. Maybe run it by me, your your podcast host. Yeah. I mean, as you know, I've I've had some back and forth with James Cameron. Yeah. And I might try and <clears throat> mend this because the fact that you, you're not allowed to send, speak to him at all anymore. I know. Is, I imagine that's crushing for you. Shall I get Rudy on this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. No, why did I say yes? Definitely not. Oh. Don't do that. I just feel like Rudy and I have more of a intuitive relationship than me and you. <laughs> mm. In Rudy's words, we really vibe off each other, which was so weird because I was just about to say that to him. I think you just like him because he's famous. Maybe the, his advice is, is actually really bad. <clears throat> but we do vibe off each other really well. Does that count for nothing? Again, you know, define vibing. I don't... Just a, a great feeling about the guy... Mm. He's not tried to get in front of me yet, which I really appreciate. I haven't either, actually. So, you know, maybe consider that in our relationship. That's true. If that's how you're going to gauge friendship mm. from now on, you might want to think about all the other people that haven't done that in front of you. Probably isn't the best time to raise this, but I am in early stages of discussion with launching a podcast with Rudy Giuliani. Oh, right. And is Louis C.K. going to be a guest Louis as well? Louis C.K. will be. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The guy who plays Pee Wee Herman, also a regular contributor. <laughs> Gerald Sinstad. I mean, if anyone gets that <laughs> reference, I'll be amazed. Yeah. Any of the working celebrities. <laughs> and um, what's the podcast going to be called? It's uh, Celebrity Tugboat with Eamon and Rudy. Oh, good. Well, I hope that does really well. I doubt Rudy will be making like little fun animated videos no. or mashup clips to go with with the podcast but well we're gonna have to crank out as many as we can before he he almost certainly goes to prison so the, the, the clock is ticking wow okay so ben got some toilet news coming your way my friend Go-Lazio! <laughs> yeah oh, i love football beautiful. i love football <laughs> oh. you never shut up about it hey, hey. They say on the pitches with the, come on, 
footballers. <laughs> I love it. He's football oh. mad. Kick him. Kick him, <laughs> they say. And they kick the man. Well, interestingly, Ben, we've got a uh, football-related bit of toilet news for you. Are you having me on? <clears throat> I'm certainly not. Oh, my goodness. Football commentator sacked over half-time toilet break gaff at Hamilton Academical. Oh. A football commentator has been sacked after announcing he was late back on air for the second half after going for a jobby. <laughs> uh, wow. Bobby Bullock thought he was having a wee laugh by announcing his movements during the break between Ham- Hamilton Academical and Ross County on Wednesday night. Yeah. He told his co-commentator he went for a jobby at half-time, <laughs> a slang term used in Scotland for poo. Yes. Um, yeah, I went for a wee jobby at half-time. That's right, yeah. That wasn't a clip. That was, uh, <laughs> just so you know, yeah. wasn't a clip. Um but bosses at the Scottish Premiership Club did not see the funny side. A contractor used by the club on, on a summarising co-commentary duties overstepped the mark this evening with a very poor attempt at humour, a Hamilton statement said on Twitter. The club didn't find this funny and the person will not be used again. Our apologies for this. Seems very harsh I know, to me. it's weird, isn't it? But does this come down to the cuteness of the word jobby? Yeah. If it was a clip with someone with like a generic English accent saying, sorry, I'm late. I've just done a dump. <laughs> like, even even though it's funny, like you'd laugh if you heard them say it, but you would think ultimately that's really unprofessional and, and that they should never have said that. It would make me want to watch football. I'd be far more understanding of that guy getting sacked than the person who said we jobby. So um, what's he going to do now? Okay, so uh, while some were offended by the use of this language, others suggested Bullock had been treated harshly. Mm. Many used the hashtag Jobbygate, (laughs) (laughs) with one supporter tweeting, Absolutely pathetic sacking a man for using the word Jobby. That was not a clip either. That was... uh... Get a grip. It's not swearing or insulting. It's just an everyday word in Scotland. You hear much worse coming from the pitch. No, I agree with him. I, yes, it's unprofessional, but, but there's, there's a lot of bants involved, isn't there, in the football? Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of locker room chat. I used to play like five aside and, and, and a bit of 11 aside as well. And it's very aggressive and harsh language. It's constantly being used. Yes. And it's just like relentless. It's just mm. part of it. But I felt far more comfortable with that than I ever would with rugby. Because that just takes... Yeah things to a whole weird new level. In fact, I remember talking to a friend of ours from school yeah. who was a big rugby player and he was recounting a, uh, a hilarious... I'm doing the finger... Oh, right, yeah, air quotes. Hilarious. told us this hilarious story mm. where he pinned down one of his mates, like, put his knees on his arms, took his, his out and whacked his mate around the face with it. And he was telling me the story as if he was expecting me to be like crack up laughing. And I was just like, oh my God, that's horrible. Was this during the match? This was like afterwards, like either in the locker room or after they'd gone out. And like, was that his celebration for scoring a try? (laughs) (laughs) He was obviously told that story so many times to like rugby people who'd been like in bits. Yeah. But he told me this in like my my face. I was just like horrified. Good lord! Why why did you do that? And on his honestly, his answer was, I think that's self-explanatory. What? And it's and it's not self-explanatory. <laughs> no, it's that's not. That's why I asked. 
so like I say, I, I'm far happier with the kind of mean-spirited, just, just horridness in football. I played a five-a-side football match once because mm. uh, some people at work were playing and they needed an extra man and they couldn't find any extra men, so they asked me. I was going to say, you said that in air quotes, didn't you? Yeah, and after ten minutes, I, I couldn't stand up. I was so tired. <laughs> uh, but I had a packet of Monster Munch. Oh, yeah. I was back on my feet. Nice. Yeah. It says, uh, Bullock remained defiant, posting his own message. Uh, a sense of humour is important during these difficult times. Remember that the next time you're doing a jobby. Yeah, I feel like he should have learned his lesson there. You don't need to remember a sense of humour whilst you're doing a jobby. No. You need to remember a sense of humour when life's difficult. Yeah. To be honest, now that he's posted that, mm-hmm. I'm glad they got rid of him. Glad he got sacked. Yeah. does say uh, he's got six hungry children at the end there. Does it? I mean, they're beautiful children, huge, sad eyes. Are they all holding a really long jobby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a prize marrow. Okay, so finally in toilet news, uh, I was beyond broke. Richard Hammond reveals he once had to sell his beloved motorbike to afford toilet paper after maxing out his credit card. Mm. So the Grand Tour presenter explained how he ran out of cash during the 90s when he was living in Clitheroe, Lancashire and working at a local radio station. Speaking on the Andy J podcast, he revealed that during one visit to the shops, his credit card was declined. He had no other option but to sell his bike in order to get some toilet paper. I think he is the worst of the top gears really because <laughs> the thing about clarkson is like he's despicable but at the very least he kind of wears his misogyny and racism and everything else like on his sleeve yeah and bridge hammond is the worst because he kind of like sneakily gets involved he went on a diatribe about how lazy mexicans were and stuff like yeah. this but then he's kind of does it in kind of a, like a shifty cowardly way mm. James May, I think, is the best yeah. one because he basically just kind of like doesn't get involved in any no, of that he, he's stuff. he's not interested and, in that. And then he wants to talk about kettles. He just wants a hot ride. But he has the jet black goatee, see, which he's clearly dyed to try and make himself look younger. But it doesn't make himself look younger. It just looks stupid. Well, you've got a jet black goatee as well, though. Well, yes, but I carry it off with a certain amount of aplomb. But you don't dye it, do you? You shave dogs in the local area and build up your, and build up your beard with their hair that's right in fact what i'll often do is just put the glue directly onto my face around my mouth yeah. pick up a dog and just go <laughs> on its back whatever color takes my fancy that day i'll spot the dog spot the dog super glue all yeah. around the mouth. So you super glue, not prick glue? No, no, super glue is the only way to, to get a proper coverage. <laughs> <laughs> the owners can't do anything to stop you. By the time you've done it, you're, you're in, you're out, it's clean. <laughs> and unfortunately, then the dog has the perfect goatee shapes circle of hair missing from its midriff. Yeah. Have you ever tried to rub your face on a horse's tail? See how that works? No, it's, it's, I'd be worried about... Uh, <laughs> Dogs you can basically manhandle. You just pick them up, get that goatee and go. Yeah. yeah. Horses you have to earn their trust. I'm not going to spend a f***ing fortnight becoming mates with a Palomino because by the time I can, can do yeah. it, I won't want a blonde goatee anymore. I want something different. 
What other animals? Can you? The tail would be the best one, of course. Would be a sloth because they can't move that quick. Um, what about a duck? You could have a lovely feathered beard. Oh, oh, that would look nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or a swan. Swan. Um, yeah. That'd be good. Although they're supposed to be able to break your arms, aren't they, swans? Well, only if you give them your arm. It's really weird. If this podcast was in any way popular, mm. I'd imagine an if. item like this mm. would attract a load of people going, I can't believe you're even joking about putting glue in your face, <laughs> rubbing it on a dog to get a lovely goatee. That's outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Right? People get very, very precious when they talk about animals. That's true, yeah. And certainly violence to animals. Yeah. But I've seen there's this clip that often comes up on Reddit mm. And it's a uh, kangaroo yes. has got this guy's dog yeah. in a headlock. And it's amazing. You just see this guy strutting over to the kangaroo. Yeah. And he punches the kangaroo in the he face. Punches him right in the face. And the kangaroo is just like, whoa, let's go with the dog. Yeah. And that's it. And whenever you read the comments, it's always just like, yeah, nice one. Yeah. You won't be messing with him again. <laughs> well done, mate. It's so weird. Punching a kangaroo is apparently fine. It's the dog thing, though, isn't it? They're the animal yeah. that people love the most. No. But, no, it does seem odd that that guy was praised for punching the kangaroo in the face. Like, he saved his dog, but... Do you think that's why? Because it was saving a dog? Yeah, because he saved his dog. That, that'll be why he saved his dog. If you're listening, man who punched the kangaroo, let us know. We'd love you to have, have you on our pod. Yeah, we would. Something tells me he may be appearing in the future. <laughs> Who knows? One of our 15 listeners happens to be <laughs> that man who punched a kangaroo in the face. <laughs> oh my God. If you Google his name, the first result is kangaroo puncher breaks his silence on that video. <laughs> kangaroo puncher. <laughs> oh man. Uh, this summer... Who would play him? It would have Rusty to be Russell Crowe, Crow, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On to this week's film. The night comes for us. What did you drink this week for me, Eamon? So this week I've drunk eight cans of 100 plus. Oh. Which is a an isotonic drink from Southeast Asia. Okay. Um, I had it, I went on my honeymoon to, to Borneo, mm -hmm. and it's like a cross between lemonade and tonic water, okay. and it's just the f***ing balls, it's so good. Okay. And we found, found uh, an Asian supermarket mm. where I live, who sell it. Oh, right. It, and so I bought all the cans that they had, oh, so good. I drank eight of those. I wasn't even thinking about the summary, I just drank eight of them, because they're so damn You bought all their cans, and you drank them all at once? Yeah. Crikey, must be a good drink. In the shop, while staring at the guy. Just, <laughs> Did you do a really big burp afterwards? I, yeah, I just was like staring at him and just like, glug, 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 smashed it yeah. on the counter. Oh, flattened it with the palm of your hand. That's right. Glug, 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 oh, glug, nice. glug, I just did that over and over again. And then yeah. I did a massive burp. Like elf. And then with the residual breath, I blew the burp <laughs> into his face. <laughs> That's considered polite in some parts of the world i don't think it's because it in that shop because he got very angry with me what did he do he had an oar behind his counter and he hit me with it an oar yeah wow oh my goodness yeah did he have a boat as well no he just smacked me right in the noggin it really hurt with an oar that's a very large 
<laughs> quite difficult weapon to take out yeah. in an emergency, isn't it, and all? Yeah, so if you're listening, uh, 100 plus makers, please sponsor us because I could mm. happily sing the praises of that drink every episode. It's absolutely <laughs> delicious. It's <a> really nice. <laughs> I think, think you made your point. So how long have you given me, Eamon? Well, another benefit of the isonic goodness of 100 plus is hydrating, Ben. So you've got a mm. whopping... One minute twenty eight seconds. Oh wow! Okay, I don't, I don't even know if I'll last that long. Don't thank me. Thank one hundred plus. Three, mm-hmm. two, one, go. So Joe Taslim plays Ito, who is one of six elite triad enforcers known as the Six Seas, which is nothing to do with cod liver oil. Instead, they go about massacring people on the reg to keep the drug trade under control. During one of their raids, Ito sees a young girl who's been left all alone and he decides he doesn't want to be a Sixties anymore because it's not very nice. So he murders his whole team and runs away. Ito heads back to Jakarta to hide the girl at his ex-girlfriend's apartment and while he's there, his pals from his old gang offer to help him out and quickly wish they hadn't bothered. Then we meet another one of his old gang pals, played by Iko Uais, who's also made a name for himself in the triad and is looking to climb the ladder. He's called upon by another Six Seas fella to take care of Joe, along with a load of disposable henchmen, the police, a sadistic lesbian couple with special weapons, and a mysterious badass lady known as the Operator. Did I say she was mysterious? She's hell of a mysterious. The insanely brutal fight sequences are loosely tied together by some talking, which all leads to a massive showdown between Eco and Joe, which is kind of a draw, but then Eco gets Ed 209'd by some of his triad pals. Hmm. Then Joe puts the little girl on a boat and drives a rubbish car at an army of guys with guns. The end. You completed that in 1 minute 25. So you came in under the threshold. Oh, is First it now? you've done it. Under. Congrats. Big award for me. Well, another big, a big award for 100 plus. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Let's give the credit to 100 plus. They deserve it, definitely. Oh, I'm proud of myself. That's very good, yeah. So, yeah. this movie is quite something, isn't it? It certainly is. Everyone's very bad in this film, aren't they? They are, yeah. I didn't feel anything for anyone apart from the little girl. Mm. She's obviously the one innocent in the story who you can really sympathise with. Yes. I felt like we were supposed to root for Ito, but he's obviously like a psycho and horrible yeah so yeah i have a big problem with these kind of films which is the formerly violent horrible gangster looking for a shot at redemption because yeah in order to have done all the horrible things that you've done you have to be a complete psychopath yeah therefore you don't care about redemption and, and going on the right track so it's presented as he had to join the triad because of his friend was going to get beaten up or something so he had to go and join them and then he went and rose really high up and just started massacring loads yeah. of villages. I mean, the thing I found hardest to get my head around was that's what he does. He goes in and he just flattens villages mm. and villagers. I'm assuming a lot of these villages would have been full of children. Yeah. So why is it this one yeah. child on a beach on her own? Probably there were probably other children in that yeah. village. What is it about I her know. that suddenly makes him think, hmm... I don't think this is for me anymore. It really annoys me. And I actually have the same problem with Star Wars, which is if you watch 
the original trilogy, Darth Vader just kills people mm. like that because they annoy him. And then that's on top of like yeah. all the hundreds of other people that he's killed. And yet, because he kills yeah. the Emperor at the end, that's total redemption. And he's become a good guy. It's yeah. like, no, he should go to like hell or purgatory or something to pay for what he's done. Yeah. Saving one life does not resolve you from killing hundreds of people well that's why they you know the villains always die at the end don't they they kind of redeem themselves but they die i mean what i liked about this is joe's choice to save the girl actually it's presented as a, as a selfish mm. choice because it leads to the deaths of all mm. his friends and there was no way he was ever really getting out of it alive and then there's his friend played by eco they're the same essentially it's just that mm -hmm. eco has no intention of redeeming himself but actually, I, I sort of understood why he wants revenge, why he wants to go after Joe's character, because he's the reason that all his friends are dead. So I actually felt that his motivation, the villain's motivation, was mm. a lot stronger than the, the hero. I could relate to him more. But I felt like that the first time you see Eco, he basically saves a woman who's being horribly mistreated by like chinning a bunch of guys, which makes him look good. Then I think he tells the seven seeds where they can find Ito. But then he then helps the guy escape with the girl. Yeah. So again, an another another kind act. All you see yeah. Ito do is save that girl in the beginning and then endanger all his mates and then kill a bunch of people. So I was really like, yeah. I don't know who I'm supposed yeah. to be rooting for here. I quite like the fact that it was it was quite foggy. But to be honest, it's all very irrelevant because this film is all about the big fights. I loved them. I thought they were great. I guess I wanted you to see this. It was a bit of a test. I could watch this stuff all week. You know, I, I eat horror movies for breakfast. Yeah. But I don't imagine you are used to this level of violence in a film. Uh, no. Okay. So I felt like... The fights were very inventive. They did use the environment a lot. Because, you know, you can throw two people yeah. in a warehouse and they can kick the hell out of each other. And it's okay. But when you throw them into a butcher shop, then, you know, you got yourself a party, my friend. Oh, Jesus Christ, that butcher <laughs> shop thing. I love a good fight movie. Yeah. And this is something that you always say about The Raid, which yeah. I think I always think about now whenever I see fights, is you're incredibly clear on the geography of the fight you know where they are and what's going on at all times which with western fight films is almost like a lost art i'd say the best example of that in a western film that i can think of in recent years is the world's end oh yeah where they have the fight yeah. in the bathroom you have a really good sense of, of what's going on it's a really good fight so i love it for that I just didn't feel like it had the same level of believable brutality that The Raid has. Yeah, so Gareth Evans pioneered this handheld but very impact-focused camera technique with the fights. Although it looks choppy, I suppose, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of movement, it's shot with pinpoint accuracy. Mm. It is designed so you feel the most impact from every move, <clears throat> and every shot is designed around that choreography this mm -hmm. i think did the same sort of thing but it was a bit messier yeah. also gareth evans doesn't it's not flashy mm -hmm. whereas this threw in quite a lot of you had a camera on someone's shoulder at one point yeah you had quite a lot of flashy techniques which i think take it out mm. of the film but then some of that was really exciting like the bit with eleanor the lady with the blonde hair and the big knife mm -hmm. there's a good long 
scrolling mm. take of her just mm. slashing through people. There were some awesome sequences, I thought. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It wasn't quite as believable as the raid fights were. And because of that, it probably didn't have the same impact. It's a trade-off because you get, with this film, it becomes less believable. But I think because of that, you get to do like far crazier yeah. things. But therefore, yeah. for every one of those crazy moments that make you go, whoa, there's maybe like five or six where you're kind of like, hmm, didn't that was a bit lame or that was a bit cheesy whatever i have to say the death acting in this film was the hammiest i think i've ever seen in any film yeah yeah i mean normally in foreign language films i find it quite difficult to tell if the acting is bad in this some of the acting definitely was bad (laughs) yeah there's one guy who gets hung up on a meat hook and i actually made a note saying that was good acting. That, I can totally imagine someone doing <laughs> Have that. Have you not been hung up on a meat hook before? Not for a while. Didn't you used to do it to yourself? I did. I, someone told me it was kind of like acupuncture and it was good for you. You just sit. <laughs> One really massive curved needle in your back. Yeah, they said like acupuncture. They, they sold it as like a time-saving thing, which is instead of dozens and dozens of little needles in your back, just sit on a meat hook yeah. and, and it'll do it all much quicker. <laughs> you sat on it? Oh, yeah. And um, did it have any positive impact fit a meat hook up my ass (laughs) well i call that a plus (laughs) excellent i think my favorite part of the whole film is just the fist fight between eco and joe taslim i just love it when he punches Mm. people loads of times in the chest i think it's the coolest thing i've ever seen I kind of felt like he's definitely pulling those punches. Yeah. When he's like going, because obviously, you know, you have to. Yeah. Whereas in, in the raid, like I say, everything had a weight to it. Yeah. When a punch lands, you can, you can just have a great sense of the impact. Yeah. I felt that with some of the fights in this, but not all of it. I think that's probably to do with the characters as well. You really care mm. about Eco in the raid. Yeah. You really care about Joe Tazim's character in the raid. And it's, it's that horrible scene with, uh, Yayan, the bearded guy, when he dismantles him and then breaks his yeah. neck. And it really has an yeah. impact. Whereas in this, as you said, didn't care about any of the characters yeah. at all. I mean, I didn't like it when Eco got shot at the mm. end. I don't want to see Eco yeah. die, ever, because he is a hero <laughs> of man. Interesting that Eco didn't play the other role. Yeah, I feel like the other way around would have been better. He's just, it looks heroic, yeah. doesn't he? He has that kind of a fresh a young Tom Cruise thing. He just looks like the good guy. I would have liked to have seen this film in a cinema with you and an audience because I feel like, you know, sitting on the toilet, you don't get the... (laughs) You don't get the reaction that you would get in a cinema. There'd just be... There would be so many ohs and so many, like, awkward laughs, particularly from you, I can imagine. We went to see The Raid 2 on my birthday many years ago, didn't we? That's right, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I love that. I remember that. I still remember that. And really that well. was a constant, like, oh my God. And everyone was. Fight films are, um, are designed to be watched with your mates because yeah. you have such visceral reactions. Do you remember when we went to see. Uh, it was either like Batman or War of the Worlds. And it was a smallest screening room, and it was us and a few other people. And at one point, we just had this big commotion from behind us, and it was this young, really big man having a massive go at this little old man behind him going like, you've been fighting all the way through this film, bruv. Just <laughs> fucking pack it in, man. I'll fucking chin you. Yeah. 
And I was really shocked. I felt so sorry for the old man. I was just yeah. like, have you not met an old man before? That's what they do. They let rip. Yeah. And also, if anything, that's not going to stop the bad smells scaring him like that. No. It's make them worse. <laughs> but yeah, some cinemas, there's cinema I go to a bit in Croydon and I think it's happened three times now. They've stopped the film because kids have been in the screening when they shouldn't have been. <laughs> And the, one of the times I went was with my brother-in-law and we went to see the most recent Halloween film. It was all right. And then we started hearing some kids at the back. They were far too young to be in there. And mm. the manager came in, they stopped the film and the manager was saying, right, you need to leave, you need to get out. And they were saying, no, we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. They just kept going on and on. They wouldn't leave. Yeah. And the, the guy I was with, he shouted from our seat. So we were sat near the front and they were sat near the back and he said, why don't you just get out? Yeah. And he shouted at them. Anyway, eventually they left. But as they were leaving the cinema, they set off the fire alarm. Oh God. So we all had to leave the cinema. Mm. We had to stand outside. Now he had a young child at the time yeah. and it was getting really late. Mm -hmm. So he went home. He didn't catch the second half of the film. Yeah. But I went back in to see mm. the rest. And when we went back in, the manager was handing out complimentary tickets mm -hmm. to all the viewers you know, just to say sorry and mm. come back. And he came up to me mm. and he gave me six nice. complimentary tickets. And I was like, what? And he said, oh, it's just because, you know, you like, you tried to help me out when those kids were in here. Uh. Like you shouted <laughs> at them. Obviously I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. anytime. That wasn't me. <laughs> I would not have done that. I would have, I did stay very quiet throughout that whole experience. But because of my rowdy brother-in-law, I got six complimentary tickets. Nice. Great success. So, Eamon, Hello there. the night comes for us. Mm -hmm. Would you fish it out of the bowl mm. and hold on to it? Maybe wrap it up as a gift for one of your close friends? Mm -hmm. Or put it in the tank of glory? Or would you flush it away? Well, I feel very conflicted about this. I think I would probably flush it, I'm afraid. <gasps> really? Yeah. I Goodness just, me. I get the whole thing about having complex characters and being conflicted on who to root for. But I just found myself not rooting for anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I just... It's all right. You're allowed your opinion. You know, even, even if it's wrong, it's <laughs> fine. So what would you do? I would fish it out. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. The fights impressed me. I'm a big horror fan, and I feel like this is more horror than action. Right. Uh, it did mm -hmm. feel like a really gruesome slasher film, but they were inventive. Yeah. I really like Eco and Joe and Julius Dell, they're all from the raid and mm. that's where my heart belongs. I'm a lot more forgiving of this than, than you are, obviously, but I would fish it out. I would put it on my mantle. Mm. Okay, so this week we are going to guess each other's top five oh my goodness me moments from the film The Night Comes For Us. And whoever guesses the most correctly gets to pick next week's film. And whoever guesses the most wrong has to sleep on their bathroom floor. Eamon, last week you lost. I lost, yeah. You mm. spent the night on the bathroom floor. How was it for you? mate well mate the initial kind of excitement of sleeping on, on the bathroom is kind of past now yeah i'm not quite so keen on it if i'm going to be completely honest so uh losers go first okay i'm going to say when the wire ball lady dies and her fingers fall off no but that was gruesome <laughs> i'm going to say part where where joe taslim fires the assault rifle at the guy's head <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know the bit. Um, I've not put that one down, no. Okay. I'm going to say when Eco gets the broken wine bottle and shoves it in that guy's face. That's a double, by the way. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's... It's shocking. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole bottle goes in the guy's mouth 
And then he slams his head on the desk. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say part where the operator pulls her own little finger off. No. Okay. Um, the, the rotary store bone stabbing bit? No. Well, you need to get this. Pretty horrible. You need to get this one. They were all disgusting, but they weren't on my list. Okay. Um, part where the guy gets the meat hooked to the balls. <laughs> No. No? I've got the shoving the wine bottle into the guy's face, mm-hmm. the rotary saw bone stabbing, yeah. the bit where he electrocutes the guy's face and he shoots the other guy in the face, Yeah. the little girl stabbing a face, and the French lady's guts hanging out. Interesting. I've got the wine bottle, I've got the... There's a part where the lady with blonde hair, she's hacking away at people and she stabs someone mm-hmm. in the face and it in that shot it looks kind of like not a very good effect but when they turn the camera it's gone through his cheek mm. and it's disgusting <laughs> uh so there's that bit there's the part where okay. where the operator just tugs her little finger off and there's the part that mm-hmm. really got me is when eco kicks the metal pillar and he hits his shin <laughs> And it's what? just, it really made me shudder because it just looked incredibly painful. Wow, okay. Oh, no, oh, no, I did a lose. Oh, I done a lose. I've won. Yet oh, again, rubbish. I feel like that might put me in the overall lead for wins. Mm, probably a draw. I feel like I might be winning there. Just a hunch. So the film I've chosen for our next viewing is the 1992, I want to say Ooh. cult film universal soldier starring jean-claude van damme and dolph lundgren not seen that film since i got it out on vhs like shortly after you know it's theatrical debut so a good 27 26 years yeah i remember it was hot in the vhs shop yeah that was a prime video right there yeah that was one that everyone wanted when you used to hire videos did you go to the blockbuster on muttley plain no i lived way out lived in plimstock by didn't i did they have one out there they had a video shop they didn't have a blockbuster did they have a video shop out there in plimstock <laughs> did you watch the film <laughs> on the telly we had a little video shop and the guy he was cool he used to Give me the posters. That's pretty cool. So I had a really cool poster collection. I had, uh, you know, like Pretty Woman, had Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Green cards, the- Steel Magnolias. You went heavy on the Julia Roberts films, I remember. I did. Yeah. He was like, oh, do you want this uh, Universal Soldier poster, mate? I said, no. Have you got anything with Bette Midler in it? Yeah. I'll take that um, Remains yeah. of the Day one instead, please. Yeah, jeez. Ah, oh, blockbusters. There's nothing that compares to the absolute heartbreak of going down. I remember this so well. I'd already seen Dress park three times at the pictures but yeah. i wanted to really mm. want to get in a vhs and when i went down they were all gone and i was just because in blockbusters the way they used to do it is they'd have like the case with a picture on it and then another case behind it with the actual yeah. video cassette in but it's heartbreaking when you saw an entire shelf yes. of just the pictures it's like no all gone and your dad would be like oh they've got a never-ending story here oh yeah. dad it's not the, it's not the f- same <laughs> idiot i want to see the dinos right i'm taking yeah. you home you're not having any vhs's i hate you stop biting me for christ's sake <laughs> you were a biter weren't you when you were a little lad apparently completely true it was one time we were mm. in the car and my dad did something that annoyed me so much um i was sitting in a seat behind him i stood up <laughs> and bit the back of his head <laughs> he was driving. Uh, wow i mean 
I get angry yeah. if my kids eat an apple while I'm driving. So if one of them tried to bite me on the back of the head, <laughs> forget it. I mean, you, you did bite your phone, didn't you, as well? <laughs> I did do that, yeah. I thought I had a Blackberry and I can't remember what happened now, but I got so cross with it that I bit the handset and <laughs> I broke it. God. Oh, and you broke it. And then, it. obviously, oh, dear. when I took it into the shop, I was just like, yeah, I just broke it. I just dropped it. Don't know what happened. Just dropped it on the floor. Where'd you drop it? I oh, dropped it in my mouth. These are teeth marks. <laughs> No, no, mate. I was working a dentist and I dropped it on some dentures. <laughs> well, nothing left to be said except... Actually, recommend us to your mates, you f***ing cheapskates. Yeah. We want the listens. Do us a f***ing favour. Just... I'm serious. <laughs> Tell your mates to listen to it. I'm, I'm not be more serious. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like, don't keep this to yourself. Listen, look, we, we tried the carrot and it didn't work. So now it's all stick. It's all stick. It's Get all off stick. your fat ass. <laughs> Tell your mates about this podcast. <laughs> now you're uh, treating our listeners like you treat me. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All they have to do is just forward it to a mate. It's not about them, Eamon. We don't do this for, for them. We do it for us. I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of being poor. I want to be a podcast right, how millionaire. About this? If we hmm. get a thousand listens for one of our podcasts, yeah. what will you do? I'll dig that old meat hook <laughs> out. <laughs> so, uh, hmm. yeah, on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Films yeah. on Toilet. Uh, Facebook, we are watching films on the... And, um, yeah, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Do whatever you want. I honestly don't care. No. I really don't. No, I do. Do all those things. <laughs> I'm serious. Do what you want. Eamon, end this. <clears throat> Keep flushing. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.